Hi there. Welcome to Liquidation Preference, the podcast that discusses everything founders need to know about startup law and venture capital over a beverage of our choosing. I'm your host, Andrew Kusmal, and I'm glad you stopped by for a quick drink. Today, we will be discussing the seed round, what it is, the two more popular instruments used to raise the round, and how to choose the right one for your startup while I enjoy some mead. So grab a drink, pull up a seat, and let's get into it. Today's episode is brought to you by Kusmal Legal, the law firm dedicated to helping founders navigate the legal process of starting, running, and fundraising for a startup. Head on over to kusmallegal.com. That's K-U-S-S-M-A-U-L-Legal.com to read great material tailored for founders and get help with all your startup's legal needs. So for today's discussion, I chose mead. Well, you know, mead is a fun drink, just like today's topic. And when I think of mead, I think of Vikings, which are pretty cool. And it is also made from honey, and nothing is sweeter than closing that first round of financing. So what is the seed round? Well, when it comes to the naming convention of races, you will quickly find that it is mutable. Many different people have many different terminology and criteria that they use when they name rounds, pre-seed, seed, post-seed, seed one, seed two, etc. But what really matters is the raise itself. With that being said, my definition of a seed round is the first money raised from people who are not the founders or friends and family of the founders. Basically, people you actually had to pitch to and who invested in your startup, not because they loved you. With that being said, how much is normally raised in a seed round? While it's true that the seed round is getting larger and larger, I typically see startups raise anywhere from $250,000 to a million dollars and higher. So what are the instruments that are used to raise your seed round? And by instruments, I mean the actual legal document that's used to execute the round. Well, there are four of them. The first is the convertible note. The second is the safe. Third, you have preferred stock. And fourth is common stock. Now, issuing a convertible note or safe, those are far more popular and far more common than selling preferred stock or common stock in your seed round. So we're going to touch on those two today. Let us first discuss the convertible note. The convertible note has been around the longest, and it is therefore comfortably used by startups and investors. It's the old guard. With it being a note, it is a debt instrument. So with that, it has an interest rate and a maturity date. You know, think of it, it's similar to like your car note, for example. Due to that interest rate and maturity date, it's typically viewed as more investor friendly. However, don't let that notion dissuade you from using it. It's actually a very good document to raise your seed round with. It's quick and it's low in legal fees. The real fascinating aspect of the convertible note is that it converts into equity at a future event, typically your Series A. It's important to know that you're not actually issuing equity at the time that you issue the convertible note, just a promise of future equity. I see some people kind of get confused about that. And the more you think about it, the more you realize how genius this really is, because in this early stage of your company, which is very unproven, hardly maybe any revenue coming in, it's very difficult to determine the valuation of your company, You know what it's worth. If 
you sell preferred stock or common stock, for example, in your seed round, which is what we call a price round, you have to figure out what that valuation is. And this early on, it's going to be very low. And you're essentially going to be selling equity for very cheap to investors this early on. So that's why a lot of startups and a lot of attorneys recommend using a convertible note or save, which we'll talk about here in a minute, for your seed round. Also, it helps the round, make the round close faster because you don't have to have those long negotiations and back and forth about the valuation of the company. You're able to kick that can later on down the road when hopefully you have a lot more revenue coming in and more evidence to argue for a higher valuation. So how does the note convert? Well, there are two conversion mechanics. You have conversion events and the conversion price. The conversion events tell you when the note will convert into equity, and the conversion price will tell you at what price the note will convert at. Let's start with when the note will convert, the conversion events. Well, there are three of them. The first one is called the next equity financing. This is the one that you want. This is the one your investors want. It's when the note converts at your series A, this mechanism states that when you raise a certain amount of funding, north of a million dollars typically, the note converts into the same type of equity that was sold. So if this is going to be at your Series A, it's going to be converted into preferred shares that you sell at your Series A. Well, what happens if you raise a seed round using convertible notes and you get a surprise early acquisition from some big name company? What happens to the notes? and the note holders then. At this point, the note holders have two options in front of them. They can either collect the principal and interest due on the note at the time of the acquisition, or they can convert to common stock at the price cap and essentially participate in the sale of the company. Now, of course, the investors are gonna do whatever's gonna give them the higher payout in this situation. Let's say, you raise your seed round using a convertible note and two to three years have passed and your startup has been unable to raise that series A or get acquired. Well, at this point, you're prob the notes have probably reached maturity, meaning the term is up or almost up. You know, what happens then? At this point, the holder can do three things. They can either convert the value of the note to common stock they can demand repayment of the note, which is highly unlikely. Or three, they can leave the note outstanding and renegotiate the term. The most common scenario in this type of situation is the third one, the investors leaving the note outstanding and renegotiating the term. This allows your startup more time to be able to raise that Series A or get acquired. The investors know that the true value of a convertible note is when it converts at your Series A round. They want it, you want it, your interests are aligned here. Very rarely will you have the request to pay back the full value of the note. You typically see this request come from investors who don't normally invest in startups, people you might want to try to avoid when you're trying to find investors for your company. Any seasoned investor knows that during the seed round, you use up all that money developing your product and marketing it, basically a little bit of what we talked about last week. 
and you can't afford to repay a $250,000 note. It's really important that the convertible note has an amendment provision in it, specifically for situations like this when you reach maturity. You want to make sure that the amendment provisions allows the holders of a majority in interest of the amount raised under the notes, aka the investors who are investing the most in your seed round, you want to make sure that it allows them to be able to amend the note versus having to go to every single other investor and having them amend the note for, or getting their agreement to amend the note. For example, let's say you have 15 investors under a convertible note in your seed round. If you didn't have that sort of amendment provision in it, you would have to go to each one of them individually and get their approval to extend out the maturity date on the note. If you have someone in there who wants to get, who wants to back out or is not familiar with investing in startups, then Most likely they might say no, and then you're going to have an issue here and your startup is basically going to be shut down because of it. Being able to go to those one or two investors who are putting in the most money in your seed round makes it a lot easier to amend the note. And those two investors typically invest in startups all the time, and they're going to agree to that amendment. Now let's focus on the price at which the convertible note will convert. First is the discount rate. The discount rate is a percentage off the price per share at the next round. The range for the discount rate is anywhere between 10 to 30%, with 20% being the most common. Well, how does this all work out? Well, bear with me. We're going to do a little bit of math here. Let's say, for example, you're at your Series A and you're selling your preferred shares for $1 per share. And you have a holder with a convertible note with a 20% discount. In this situation, the holder under the discount would convert or buy the preferred shares at a discount of eight at 80 cents per share. The second conversion price mechanic is the valuation cap. Now, this is the ceiling on the pre-money valuation at which the note may convert at the next round. If you're unfamiliar with the term pre-money valuation, that is the valuation of your company before investment. It's important to note that the valuation cap is not the valuation of your startup at your seed round. I see this misconception a lot between founders and investors. What it is, is it is the valuation that the note could convert at at your next round. Now, the range for the valuation cap is anywhere from 3 million to 5 million on the lower end and 8 million to 10 million on the higher end. Well, how does this one all play out? Well, again, bear with me. This one might be a little bit more complicated. A formula is used for this one. So if you need to take a drink, go on ahead. Okay, well, if you're ready, let's dive into it. The formula that's used is taking the valuation cap and dividing it by the fully diluted capitalization. Sounds like a lot, right? But let's look at a quick, easy example. You'll find it's not that difficult. Let's say you have a $5 million valuation cap and... 10 million shares. That's your fully diluted capitalization. Well, using that formula, you would find that the price per share under the valuation cap would be 50 cents per share. Now, the note converts at either the discount rate or the valuation cap, not both. Again, this is another common misconception that I've seen with first-time founders conducting their first raise. The note converts at the one that gives the holders or the investors the best price. So let's go back to our previous example. In this example, 
the note would convert at the valuation cap. Again, remember, using the discount rate, it was $0.80 cents per share. Using the valuation cap, it was $0.50 cents per share. Since the valuation cap is the price mechanism that's going to give the investors the best deal, expect that one to be heavily negotiated. You're going to want the price cap to be as high as possible while being realistic, of course, and your investors are going to want it to be as low as possible so they can get the better deal. It's important that you know that dichotomy and what the investors are thinking of before you start investing, or excuse me, before you start pitching to investors and negotiating with them. Switching gears, the simple agreement for a future equity or safe is very similar to the convertible note. It has the same conversion features we just discussed, and it is widely used. The only difference between the safe and the convertible note, well, I don't want to say only difference, but one of the differences is the safe has no interest rate or maturity date. Due to this, it's often viewed as more startup friendly. However, you do need to be careful on which version of the safe you use. The majority of safes that I see are the Y Combinator safes. If you don't know who or what Y Combinator is, they are the very famous accelerator, and they are the ones who actually created the safe. They post their version of the safe online on their website for free. And if you do decide to use that version, please, please, please go over it with your startup attorney for some necessary edits. One of the edits you should make is adjusting the next equity financing conversion threshold. This is typically called your qualified financing. You think of it like your series A. You remember in our convertible note, it's I said it's usually typically around a million dollars. Well, you want to raise that in the safe to a million dollars because the default threshold in the safe is, well, there isn't one. It just basically states as soon as you raise any preferred stock at a at a priced round, at a, at a value round, after, at a valuation, meaning that if you sell $1 worth of preferred shares to an investor, the safe will convert. Another item to change or try to change is the valuation cap. The Y Combinator safe, they made a change to theirs. And now the valuation cap is based on the post-money valuation instead of the pre-money valuation. While this change may sound subtle, it can have very harsh consequences to startups in certain circumstances. In essence, it punishes startups who have to raise another safe round by forcing all of the equity crunch on the founders and the employees only. Now, I'm not a fan of the valuation cap being based on the post-money valuation. The reason why I'm not a fan is because of that equity crunch that I mentioned. And two, things happen. Sometimes you might have to raise another round after your seed round, like a bridge round, before you get to your Series A, and you don't want to be punished for that. The unfortunate thing, or fortunate thing if you're an investor, is that the post-money valuation safe is becoming more and more common. One, because Y Combinator uses it. And two, because investors are able to determine the exact percentage that they're going to be getting when the safe converts at the next round. If you're unable to negotiate a change of the valuation cap from post-money to pre-money, 
then you should definitely try to argue for a higher valuation so you can try to negate the effects of that equity crunch as much as possible. So how do you choose the right one for your startup? I'm a fan of both the convertible note and the safe being used in the seed round, and you really cannot go wrong with either. They both allow for a quick round that is low on legal fees, and that's a win for any startup in my book. When it comes down to it, there's really two criteria for choosing between them. One is your preference after discussing both instruments with your startup attorney and the particular circumstances around your raise. And the second is investor preference. It's important that you choose only one. Don't do both for your seed round. If you're going to choose a safe, stick with the safe. If you're going to choose a convertible note, stick with the convertible note. If you do both a safe and a convertible note, it tends to make the cap table math messy at the time of conversion. Also, it's very, very important that you do not use these documents if you're only planning on raising one round of financing. Why? Because these documents are designed to convert at a future event, hopefully your Series A. This is what the investors expect and this is what they want. If you issue a convertible note or safe and you have no plans of raising another round of financing, then what you're doing is you know, deceitful and you're going to get a lot of angry investors at you because of it. I wish I could order another round with you, but unfortunately it's time to go. If you'd like to learn more about what was discussed today, head on over to my blog at Kusmal Legal, that's K-U-S-S-M-A-U-L legal.com. Also be sure to follow me on Twitter at Tech Startup Attorney, that's attorney spelled A-T-T-Y, on Clubhouse at Startup Attorney, and on Instagram at Startup underscore Attorney. I hope you enjoyed our time together, your beverage of choice, and that you learned something useful. More importantly, I hope you enjoyed this much-needed break from running your startup. Being a founder is stressful, and it's important to take breaks every once in a while. While you're always taking care of your startup, you shouldn't forget to take care of yourself. See you next time. Everything discussed in this episode is purely educational in nature and should not be interpreted in any way as legal advice specific to your startup. If you have any questions about what was discussed on today's show and how it pertains to your startup or situation, please consult with your legal counsel.